I, I took care of my health and wellness. I went downstairs, I ran a little bit, got a little bit of the nerves out, came back upstairs, showered, felt like a clean slate, I guess. That was probably my favorite part of the whole day outside of the wedding itself was taking a shower, feeling clean, sitting down, like looking at the view, having a coffee and writing my vows. Welcome to the You and Me podcast. Today we are interviewing Kira McKenzie, who is now Kira Jackson. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. We are really honored to have you. Now I've posted your wedding on the bridal journey recently and I'm just looking at this insights now and it had uh, nearly 14,000 likes, um, 1,500 shares and over 6,000 bookmarks. So um, you've been very popular. So we're really looking forward to interviewing you today and hearing all about your wedding. Yeah, you were definitely one name that popped up. We always um, reach out to our listeners and see who they've seen online and who they want us to chat to. And your name popped up quite a lot. So we are super excited for this convo. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I was just saying that's incredibly validating when you pour your heart into something like your wedding and then people like it. Exactly. And, and two, you recently got married, like very recently. So um, it's good because it's nice and fresh and, yes, um, fresh. you know, up to date. And I'm sure you can remember all the details. A lot of the brides we interview, sometimes like I have no idea who my yeah. suppliers were. <laughs> Let me backtrack and figure that out for you, right? <laughs> Lock that out, yeah. All right. So Kira, let's kick it off. The first question we always ask our guests is tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So I'm a vice president at a pretty large digital marketing agency based in LA, and I manage most things brand strategy. So I oversee things like PR, affiliate marketing, influencer, VIP relations and seating, social media, partnerships. Um, My husband and I are based in Beverly Hills. Ooh, sounds fun to say husband out loud. Um, (laughs) We're based in Beverly Hills, but we have, we have have a puppy who I like to call a puppy, but he's five years old. So he's not a puppy anymore. And then I kind of just help with building early stage companies on the side, advising venture capital firms, that sort of stuff. Amazing. So let's just quickly backtrack because I know everybody will want to know what kind of dog have you got and what is its name? That is a great question. He's an Australian shepherd (gasps) and his name is Kylo. Oh, super cute. So cute. Well-behaved. Because I've got like a Kelpie, a Kelpie Border Collie, so really similar breed. And um, yeah, they're once they're trained, they're incredible. Once they're trained is the key yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> Which takes a little bit. And so you, um, okay, so you're based in Beverly Hills, you and Austin, how did you guys meet? Oh, I say this with pride, although in retrospect, I probably shouldn't. We met on Tinder. Um, yeah, I think it was about six years ago now and Tinder was somewhat okay back then. (laughs) I know it's probably not, it's taken a dive since, so please don't judge me. But, um, I was living in San Diego. Austin was in law school. We started chatting on the app and then we eventually, finally, I let him set up a date. Um, that day that I met him, I actually had three dates back to back. I was very efficient in those We had breakfast coffee and dinner he was he was coffee so I wasn't as interested but that changed pretty quickly wow that's a good that's a good way to approach it though because you know that you're like right I've got 
a time where I can get out of this if I don't like it. I know that I've got someone else that I could potentially back it up with. This is the way that Tinder should have worked, should still work. Mm, Not so much, but I know. And it's such the modern day. I mean, gosh, the minute you hit over 21, you're not meeting any quality person, either like man or woman wasted at a pub. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got careers and we buy houses generally earlier and we do all these other things earlier than potentially what we did. And we do them first a lot of the time now before we get married. So, you know, this is, this is the way of the world. And I was listening to, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about, um, you shouldn't spend longer than an hour on a first date. Oh, really? Yes. I, and they, said, I was like, that's not long enough. And yeah, and they no. said, um, and you get drinks. Okay. Because they said well, you don't want to be in a situation. Good. I feel like you know when you go on a date with someone, you don't. If you don't like them, you don't want them to pay, do you? No. So it cancels out like a dinner that's really expensive. Because okay. if, if I go on a date with you, mm. I don't want you to pay for dinner because I just know that I don't like you and I feel like I'm kind of using you in a way yes do you and know that's what I mean? so, yeah yes right but they say like <laughs> yeah, it should, and it shouldn't yes. be dinner it should be like a coffee or a drink and then you program like that's just a filter thing like do I like you yeah or not? but it's so funny because I and I was saying to my partner when because we're both listening to this podcast I met him on tinder as well Kira but um we met at the beach Oh. And we were there from like 12 to 7 o'clock at night. And I thought, oh, I definitely did not follow these dating rules that are currently out <laughs> no. at the moment where it's an hour Although, do you know what? It's a first impression things and first impressions last, right? They're the first thing you see. And if you don't get a vibe off someone at the very beginning, sure, they can grow on you with a lot of work. But <laughs> like we're not, you know, we're not super, super, super young. And so we're not wanting to invest years and years. True. For somebody to potentially grow on us yes. for them to maybe not as well like first impressions count so mm, agreed yeah hour, so i think you about that the right, the right way it's Kira. like speed dating mm-hmm. yes no yeah, yes exactly. yes, no. yes. <laughs> oh okay yeah, so you know what you want yes, yes exactly. exactly so tell us how um austin proposed oh this is the best story he nailed it So we went to Italy. We were planning a trip regardless, um, but we were going to do Rome, the Amalfi Coast, and then go over to Puglia. And I had a feeling, a sneaking suspicion, there's an inside joke about Puglia here. Oh, there is. Yes. So we interviewed a bride who got married over there. Sorry. And we said Puglia. We said Puglia, didn't we? And it was very Australian. Yeah, it was very Australian of us. You know, when sometimes you listen to your accent, you're like, oh, that's a little bit um, bogan in a way. And then we had to ask the bride, we're like, okay, please give us a bit of a, a bit of a lowdown about how you pronounce it. So there you go. There is a little backstory there. That but we're learning. That helpful. Yeah, we're getting we're getting a lot more worldly worldly yeah. over here. So <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kira. So you went to Puglia. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. In Puglia. Yes. Um, and uh, I had a feeling it was going to happen on that trip, but I wasn't over 80% sure. I would say I'm about 80%. So I ended up spending like thousands of dollars on new clothes, white clothes, very white clothes, because I wanted to have that perfect moment and be prepared. So I remember we we landed in Rome and we were pulling over um, a taxi to take us to the hotel. And it was kind of a sketchy situation in this taxi element. Okay. So 
we hopped in the back seat and I thought that Austin was going to take his bag and hopefully put it on his lap because if it had an ice ring in it, then I would hope he would guard it with his life. But he <laughs> took his backpack and chucked it into the back of this like sketchy AF taxi. And I remember sitting for the whole ride. It was like a 45 minute ride and just thinking, my goodness, this is not going to happen. And my entire trip is ruined. And I'm invoicing you for all of the things that I bought. I was in the worst mood for like two days. I feel awful for saying that, but I feel like that's a common occurrence in proposal stories. So I feel kind of okay about it. Um, He ended up proposing on the Amalfi Coast. We were staying in Capri. We did like a little yacht tour around the island and he proposed there. It was pretty (laughs) empty because it was the end of October. So we got basically the whole place to ourselves. Oh, wow. And did you, even though you had a bit of an inkling, did you know it was going to happen in that moment? Um, honestly, yes, a little bit. I think okay. we'd be disappointed to hear that, but I knew, I knew when we got down to the boat that he wanted to say something to the driver. So I took myself to the restroom. Okay. Yep. You gave him the... <laughs> you gave yeah. him the, yeah. the space and the time to be able to do it. Yeah. I love that. And then so because you were away, you were away on holiday, did you keep the proposal to yourselves for a little while? Or did you, mm. was it just like straight on FaceTime telling all your friends and family? Or how did you guys kind of approach that? Because it is, it's a moment that, you know, I think sometimes it's a bit underestimated. You don't get that time back. And it's really beautiful. That's actually my girlfriend just got engaged and she's in that process right now where she's not telling anybody. And I told her prolong it as long as you can. Um, For us, we had the full day because we were on the boat. He did it in the morning. Um, We had the full day without our phones. We were just Mm. swimming and eating and drinking and it was amazing. Um, We FaceTimed our parents when we got back. So I'd say probably about eight hours. And then we had aimed to wait two days, but we got a little bit drunk that night and then (laughs) it and we posted it and then it was all over and I regret it to this day so definitely make it last as long as you can (laughs) that's that's the blessing and the curse about social media isn't it everything that you Mm -hmm. post posts like a few cocktails was a good idea at the time was it a was it a good enough photo though was it something like (laughs) the proposal the um, engagement photo was because you were so drunk and it was like at night and was it not the best shot you could have done okay it was actually, it was a very, very good shot and I pre-edited it. So it was ready to go and I just clicked publish. So <laughs> I checked myself. Oh, uh, good, good. Well, I mean, working in social media and uh, all that kind of thing, I'm sure you would know how to handle it. Um, so you, you engaged in the most amazing engagement story we've probably ever heard in Capri. And when, what did you kind of envision for your wedding? So, um, you know, where did you gather inspiration and what, what kind of were you thinking? What were your thoughts around, you know, what you kind of wanted? Yeah, so it's funny you say, where did you gather inspiration? The reason why I'm so honoured is because the bridal journey was like the top place that I was gathering inspiration, not in the lane. I would say I knew I wanted something a little bit unique. Um, I am obviously from California, but I align more so with like Australian fashion and style. Most of my girlfriends are Australian actually here in LA. So it's kind of like, I knew I wanted that sort of a vibe. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was after we were wedding planning though. I think in the, in the beginning, I really wanted to elope. My, my husband really wanted a wedding, which was very sweet. So we ended up kind of meeting in the middle. We wanted basically the most fun dinner party that you'd ever been to. That was what we wanted. And we figured people would eventually be dancing at the end of the night, but we didn't necessarily set it up in a traditional wedding sense. Okay. And so because you got engaged in such a beautiful setting, was there any part of you that wanted to go back there for your wedding? My gosh. Yes, absolutely. We were actually, we were in, we were in Puglia right after we got engaged and we were staying at Borgo, Borgo Ignazia, and it's the most magical place. Immediately upon getting there, we said, this is where we want to have our wedding. And then COVID ended up hitting. So we wanted to initially get married there. um, But the next year, in March, everything sort of derailed and we pivoted from there. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because it is, it is one of those, at least, you know, you've got somewhere to go back to now that's got an incredible yeah. when we can, when we can properly again, but it's got an incredible memory for you guys now. So you had yeah. to pivot. You finally agreed on not a loping, not a big wedding, a beautiful dinner party. How did you then go about finding your venue did you enlist a planner did you do it yourself because of your background and what you you know the the job that you work in the industry you're in how did you go about it yeah I I feel really lucky that I knew the florist that I wanted to work with I knew who was going to do my stationery um I had all of these people just immediately pop into my mind and say less so I mean obviously I love their work but more so I wanted to be surrounded by people that I knew and loved on the most special day So that was the first thing that we did was basically figure out who did we want to actually provide. And then we kind of went backwards into finding the venue because everybody that I knew was in LA, Santa Monica became very easy. We love the proper hotel. It's like a very California, cool, like eccentric, cool spot. Um, It's very us. So it was easy to kind of say for 45 people, which is how big we ended up with the wedding being. Um, it was just the perfect spot in terms of, in terms of a planner, I actually kind of opted not to, I ended up going for a day of coordinator. Um, and I don't know if I would do that differently. I kind of like how it went down. I found with a lot of planners that, because I interviewed quite a few in the initial process when we were planning a larger wedding. And I found that they had their specific vendors that they really wanted to use. And I loved that. I thought it would be perfect if I hadn't already decided who I'd wanted. So I almost felt like I was cutting them off at their knees a little bit. It wasn't, I didn't want to like make it uncomfortable for them. And I knew what I wanted. So I ended up going for for the coordinator. And you know what? It's really important, like you mentioned before, it's super important to have a vibe with your vendors on the day, you know, because they become such an intricate part of your life in such a short amount of time. You need to be able to be comfortable with them, to be able to say, no, I don't like this. Yes, I love it. Can we change that? It's your day in the end. So employing because you feel as if you have to, not because you really want to is is probably, you know, yeah, you've done it definitely in the right direction. And it does help you knew your vendors before you kind of started the process as well, who you wanted to include. We actually, we brought a photographer in that it was a really unique situation because I, I wanted to have incredible photos. That was something that was very important to me. Um, but I ended up inviting one of my girlfriends to be the photographer specifically because she was my friend. She had a great eye. She wasn't a photographer but I knew she would capture me and, and the day the way that I would want. 
Um, so it's, it's great that you mentioned that because sometimes it's not even a vendor. Sometimes it's just somebody who's super talented and fits with your vibe. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And because you got married at a hotel, did you, did they help you organize a lot of the logistics or you mentioned you had somebody on the day coordinating, were they from a separate company? How did that all work? Yeah. So we had a coordinator from a separate company on site. I also had a coordinator from the hotel. It was required by our hotel to have a coordinator outside as well. And I thought that they played off of each other very nicely. She managed most of the vendors. She helped with the music because I had these incredible playlists set up. She managed a lot of that. I know I was very DIY in the music (laughs) department. Um, But yes, we also had a coordinator through the hotel and they did all of the menu. They did all of the um, all of the flatware, all of the plateware, the chairs, which everybody loved. I know oh the ship the chairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, so they, they organized that all for you. Um, describe yeah. uh, the chairs to the listeners who perhaps haven't seen your photos. <laughs> oh, they were iconic. I don't know another way to describe <laughs> them. Um, they were just these beautiful, like rounded Sherpa cream chairs that everybody died over. It was honestly probably the best part of our wedding were the chairs yep (laughs) and it's funny because chairs can make or break like a dinner setting if you've got horrific chairs oh my gosh nothing else can take away from them if they're that bad so yeah they are they're beautiful (laughs) you can't hide them okay and so you've got your coordinator you've got your venue and you've got all your suppliers that you've um locked in and you knew you wanted to wanted to work with was the same is the same, can the same be said for your dress? How did you, cause that is, you know, that is almost as iconic as a chair. So how did you go about that? Very good. It was very, very good. So the dress I started working on in the beginning and I went to a couple of different boutiques. I'd tried on, you know, anything from like a Galia Havre. I'm gonna butcher all of these names <laughs> um, to like a Danielle Frankel. And I love the style of Danielle Frankel but her cuts didn't work on my body. And there were certain things that I wanted to shift around. So I actually, I I got connected through a couple of my stylist friends. They all recommended the same girl in LA. And she does like these very outside of the box, like red carpet looks for celebrities. And I was like, there's no way this woman is gonna work with me on this dress. But I reached out and the power of a DM, she responded and she offered to do the dress. Um, It was similar to Danielle Frankel's Sloan style, I believe, but we wrapped the pearl buttons and the detailing around the back, changed the placement of the sleeves, and just flattened everything out on the front, and it ended up just fitting like a dream. We went for like, I think it was a four-ply silk. I got to choose all of the fabrics, the buttons, the construction, how it fit me, where it nipped and tucked. It was just, it was honestly a dream to be able to come out with the perfect dress. Wow. And then she also did did my second dress too. Okay. And did she do your veil? Because that is one of the, my favorite. I didn't wear a veil and still to this day, I regret really? it. And that was eight years ago. No, I didn't. And oh so my obsession, every time I, I talk to anybody, it's like, did they wear a veil? What is it? Blah, blah, blah. So did she, did she create your veil as well? No. So she actually built the whole dress without even knowing that there was going to be a veil. And I wasn't going to wear a veil until my best friend offered to have me borrow hers that she wore at her wedding 
three years ago and I just threw it on and it looked amazing. Oh my gosh. It looked amazing. You would never think that it was just put together like that. No. And it was kind of the juxtaposition of the two styles. It was something more modern, more simple, more streamlined on the gown. Yeah. And then we went for something that was like very traditional and almost like cathedral in a sense for the veil. It was quite cool. It was really beautiful. So Kira, you've had a pretty, like you've had it sounds, it sounds like you've had a pretty smooth run. You've, you know, you found the venue, you've worked with some incredible suppliers. You've been really lucky with who you've liaised with and, and teamed up with for your dress. Did, how did COVID really impact the planning process? So, you know, you said you wanted Italy, you had to pivot. How, how did, how did you take it? Did you kind of just take it in your stride and keep going or did it have a big effect on you guys in the planning process? You know, I, I thought about this um, and I wanted to be the chill bride so bad. I wanted to be the chill, <laughs> cool bride. And I was like, that's totally who I'm going to be. I'm chill and cool. Turns out I'm not chill and cool. We learned that fairly quickly. It was a process for sure. I, um, I remember a couple of times just like honestly breaking down in tears and it was just... I had to check myself a couple of times and say like, what, why am I doing this? What's the reason at the end of the day, it's about being married to my person. And that's going to happen. Even if it happens in the rain, in the middle of a swamp. So I'm going to survive and it's going to end the same way. So I need to like, enjoy the process. But we went through, we went through iterations of planning in Puglia. We went through an iteration of planning in Oregon on the coast in Nascoin at this like moody house. Um, We went through a process of potentially looking at Miami, of potentially looking at Spain, at Portugal. I mean, honestly, we looked everywhere. And that's part of the problem is there were so many options and things were changing so quickly that I couldn't keep up with regulations. And ultimately we decided, okay, we're gonna do it at home. At least then if something changes, then this is all of our backyard. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about, let's just lead straight into your wedding day then, because this is what oh, we're here to talk about. Um, I love beca- it. Because you were, because you were local to where you were getting married, where did you, did you guys all meet up the day before or how did the day run? If you can take us through your morning and the lead up. Oh, totally. So the night before we had like a rehearsal dinner at one of our favorite restaurants in Santa Monica. And then we did just like light drinks with friends, but we went to bed pretty early. And this was my decision. I was adamant that Austin and I sleep in separate suites. So he had his suite. I had my suite. Um, I woke up and it was a beautiful morning, but I woke up with this weird panic that I would get sick on my wedding day. And I don't know what it was. I was just like, this cannot happen. So I drove myself. There's a, a grocery store in LA called Air One. I drove myself to Air One and immediately bought immunity shots and juices and a matcha, <laughs> brought everything back like in a big basket um, and was just like drinking immunity shots basically all morning. Um, after that, I felt a little bit more calm, like I'd taken care of everything that I could do. But what was funny is for every purchase I make at Air One, we have a membership. So Austin actually gets the receipts as do I. So of course, at 7 a.m. in the morning, Austin is like, why is Kira oh. everyone buying immunity shots? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
a little bit of a freak out there, but yeah. So I, I took care of my health and wellness. I went downstairs. I ran a little bit, got a little bit of the nerves out, came back upstairs, showered, felt like a clean slate. I guess that was probably my favorite part of the whole day outside mm. of the wedding itself was taking a shower, feeling clean, sitting down, like looking at the view, having a coffee and writing my vows. It was, oh my goodness. Time so, I'll never get back. Kira, tell me, it sounds, did you do this? Your, like, were you by yourself at this stage or did you have your girls or your family or anything with you? Or were you, was this just all you this morning in the morning? I was by myself until probably around 11 a.m. Wow. Which I know is random yeah I don't do you know what I don't think many I, I don't even know if any of the the um brides that we've interviewed have had that morning by themselves wow. why did why did you choose to do that or was it you just know, a natural I'm, thing I'm a social person but I knew that I would want the time to be able to reflect and I didn't have it the night before because we'd gone out um so for me to be able to like have that time in the morning with my coffee it's something that I implement in like my daily life. So I knew mm. if it was a must have for my Monday through Friday, it had to be something that I did for my wedding. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that. I just think, I don't know. It's one of those I things like that it. you, you know, sometimes people get caught up in wedding traditions and yeah. doing what is it a typical thing in a wedding and just having that morning where you can go and do your own thing and it's like another day and you can prep to take it on like any other day mm. is really cool and it's something that yeah, yeah definitely we don't hear very often if at all no oh well I highly recommend it if you can if your family isn't banging down your door like mine was but <laughs> <laughs> they it's did get there yeah and so, so okay. Oh, you go. So they did. They did obviously get your door down finally because they would have been so excited, of course. Yes. And you had your hair and makeup. Did you have a bridal party? I did not because it was so small. But my girlfriends who went to my bachelorette basically became that bridal party. So one of my best friends, Emma, came over in the day of. She helped me put my earrings in. They were by her brand, Eclatant. And she basically just like got my dress situated with my mom. Um, my grandmother was there. My mom was there. My mother-in-law was there. Everybody got their hair and makeup done. It was just a very like slow process. I, I post-mated earth bar smoothies as well. So that was kind of like our lunch kind of situation. But other than that, I mean, it was very, very quiet until about, I would say four o'clock because we didn't actually get married until 5.30, which I know is a little bit late for a lot of weddings. Um, but yeah, and around four, my brother, his girlfriend came in. Uh, we had a couple of like curious aunts and uncles pop in that had to be kind of fluffed out a little bit. But um, <laughs> other than that, I mean, it really was. It was it was the perfect day. I think in retrospect, what I would have done differently is kind of situated the people that I wanted in the room, formally invited them in advance and let them know when to be there and when to leave. And that probably made it would have made it a lot more seamless. Yeah. And then so you had about uh sorry, let me just gather where I was at with your answers. Um, yeah. So your mother and your mother-in-law arrived at 10 a.m. So you had your hair done and you enjoyed time in your suite with the videographer and photographer coming and going. Um, and then tell us kind of how things kicked off then after that. Yeah. So 
we had a little bit of champagne. I was under strict orders not to drink too much. So I did not. Um, my brother came up, he was going to be walking me down the aisle. Um, so that was kind of the moment where it started to feel really real. I would say between one to four or so. In retrospect, it felt like 20 minutes, honestly. It was the quickest getting ready period that took three hours that I ever would have heard of. Um, <laughs> but as soon as my brother was there, it was kind of like, okay, time was ready. Um, our ceremony was extremely special. Um, my dad ended up marrying us. It was very oh. untraditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. We, is he a celebrant or or a um a pastor or is did he do his licensing just for your wedding? He did his license just for our wedding, oh. and he's yeah, it was so sweet. He actually he became a reverend, even though he's Jewish, which was quite interesting. <laughs> um, but he went through everything, took it extremely seriously, um, and just created an entire ceremony just for us. Oh my gosh, that is so special. Wow. How did you go yeah, working, it was, working with your dad for that? Honestly, I said, do whatever you want to do. And as long as I'm married at the end, I'm very happy. So he did the <laughs> entire thing by himself. Did it he was, do it um, differently, like traditionally? Or how did he kind of, did he have his own spin on it? Or how like was it pers- obviously because having your father uh, marrying the both of you, it was obviously going to be very personal from the beginning. So what kind of spin, his own spin did he do on it? Oh my gosh. I mean, everything from dad jokes, a lot of humor. Um, He covered in a little bit of Hebrew. He forced my now husband to recite a little bit of Hebrew, um, which was very on the fly too. Oh, was it? So he was unprepared Mm -hmm. for that. (laughs) What a test with all the family members and, uh, you know, grandparents and stuff watching. It's a real um, test for him, wasn't it? (laughs) Totally. It definitely was. There was, there was a lot of education. He gave us a history of of weddings and why we were getting married. Um, Yeah, it was, he's a professor in sociology. So he basically treated it like a lecture, but I love it. So he can, he can speak well too, obviously. So it would have been amazing. Um, And then, so you got married and you sat down and had this amazing kind of dinner that you'd planned um, did everything kind of go to plan with that and how did kind of the night um, eventuate and roll out? Yes. So the food was the biggest priority for us. That was basically why we chose to do the proper in the first place. We were so happy with how the menu turned out. They created like custom cocktails for us. My husband really wanted a spicy margarita like they have at Soho House. I wanted an espresso martini without dairy. They made it all happen. It was amazing. Um, and everybody was able to kind of like let loose and have a lot of fun. That was really all I cared about through this whole process was that everybody had the best time. We told everybody that all we wanted for our wedding was it for it to be a fun dinner party. And then after we were, you know, cutting the cake and a dance party kind of like started to break out after everybody had, had finished their cake. So everybody, including like my grandmother had gotten down on the dance floor, which was amazing and dancing (laughs) under the stars, which was honestly just a dream. And around that time, I changed into my second dress, which was my mom's old dress that I had our dress designer recreate. We didn't do, I'm not sure if anybody's seen photos of it, but it was exquisite, had these like massive pearl shoulder pads. Um, it was amazing. And we basically just took it up. So we made it a mini. I wore it with these like beautiful Jimmy Choo, you know, the ones with the cute bows. 
Yeah. Um, and then my feet started to hurt. So I changed into some like pearl golden gooses and just some sneakers. And it was really, really wonderful. Numbers started to dwindle, I would say around like 11 PM. Um, and my brother and his girlfriend had gotten me this like beautiful white sweatsuit from Tom Brown. And I ended up just changing into that. And that was the rest of my night in the sweatsuit. I love it. <laughs> That's yeah. at least you were comfy. <laughs> At least I was comfy. This is true. Yeah. Also very untraditional. Um, and that's good because did you have like a DJ or a singer? Like how did the dance floor kind of kick off with such like a small group of 90 guests? Yeah. So we um we did not. And I'm trying to remember if that's something that I would change. Yeah. Because there was an aspect of it that I almost wish that we had done a DJ, but there's also a component of I chose every single song on every single one of those playlists. I made five playlists. I made a pre-ceremony playlist. I made a ceremony playlist. I made a dance party, a dinner party. I mean, I really got to feel the vibe that I was looking to create. So after the dinner, when the playlist shifted, my planner had basically done that or the coordinator day of. Um, It kind of just happened naturally because the music picked up. Yeah. And I think I liked how that happened. I almost mm. kind of knew it was going to happen, um, which was fun. My gosh, oh. girl, you hustled. <laughs> you I really did. hustled I really for did. your wedding. You guys did so much and had so many like personalized and intimate elements of it. It's, cra- it's crazy. Yeah. Do you feel like, because you did do so much, do you feel like you took on too much? Or not, you were pretty comfortable with how much you, you know, you knew you wanted to do yourself and you could control. I mean, you should see my Excel grid. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> um, I think, I think I, I think I took on just enough. I mean, okay. it was the playlists were a little much. I think it would have been nice if I just hired somebody to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it became Is so this on Spotify? Have you done it? It is on Apple Music. I should make them on Spotify so I can share that. That's what I'm thinking. I will do that. Why would I bother making my own playlist if you've done it already? (laughs) You've done it. Copy yours. This is true. I will. That's that's my homework. That's a a huge stress. I don't think, um, you know, when you're looking at wedding music and providing stuff to perhaps a DJ or, um, you know, the band or getting your playlist together is quite a stress. And I think something that a lot of people leave to last minute when it matters so much for a wedding, like it creates a whole entire vibe. So um, yeah, please share that with us and put it to convert I it all shall. to Spotify. I <laughs> shall. Really, I it's shall. quite good to share with listeners and, um, <laughs> you know, and they, they can edit the playlist from there. That'd be great. Um, so uh, what yeah. was your favorite detail um, of your wedding or favorite moment? Um, you know, we would love to hear. Now, this is also something that I probably overextended myself on slightly, but we actually wrote handwritten notes to every single one of our guests. So for every person, when they sat down, there was a letter that was just a couple of paragraphs long, nothing crazy, that basically told them what they meant to us and how grateful they were that, or we were that they were there. Um, It was definitely it was less of the time consuming component, but it was a very emotional process. Um, so I could only do like maybe four or five at a time before I like broke out into tears. Mm-hmm. But seeing everybody's face when they read their letter, when everybody sat down to dinner, that was that was probably my favorite moment. Amazing. I've just written that in my notes section to for my wedding. <laughs> I love Amazing. that idea. 
Um, and I think uh, when we first set you these questions, you said a few other favorite moments where um, your brother walked you down the aisle. Oh, yes, he did. It was the most special bonding. And then seeing my dad and my fiance at the front of the aisle together, it was just, it, it felt, I felt so whole. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. You would have certainly shed a tear, I could imagine, as you're coming uh, out saying that. <laughs> yes. My veil actually caught on the ground. So I had to stop. Um, and it was because my veil got caught, but my, my husband thought that I was stopping because I was overwhelmed with emotion. <laughs> and I had to tell him, oh, I actually got caught, but I was also overwhelmed <laughs> with emotion. <laughs> um, um, and any regrets or disasters spinning off from that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I had a freak out probably two days before the wedding that my dress for whatever reason was not perfect for me. <gasps> probably was. Oh no! Um, so I overnighted a second dress from Netaporte that, of course, got delayed. So I was freaking out before the wedding about this dress, and then when it arrived, was absolutely massive on me. So obviously, I wore the dress that was made for me, and then I tried to return it, and there was a whole situation with returning it. So moral of the story: trust your gut. If you have a beautiful dress, don't try to change it 48 hours before you get married. <laughs> <laughs> no no oh my gosh and to wow okay that was that was pretty good for you to even think okay we're gonna get on I'm gonna know, order good, something good I would just have cried that's I would a, have just a huge um, PR marketing movie isn't it, it? Is, just isn't it? snap in and you know problem solve and sort something out straight away yes I would be just a ball of mess and I can't wear this dress anymore there's no way I would have thought okay I'm gonna get another one but that's okay it all worked okay. out in the end and your dress was it was beautiful it was like it was yeah, amazing yeah it was it was amazing for you and you know what if that was one of the only kind of almost disastery type of yeah. a thing especially with COVID that's pretty good yeah that yes is we got lucky yeah and you know what but you also pick up what you put down you know you guys approach this wedding yeah. knowing what you wanted and knowing what you didn't and working together and knowing what you wanted to include and so you know sometimes it's just really about putting out to the universe what you want and then it gives it back that is actually so true. That was something that my therapist was telling me a little bit before as well. Um, she was chatting through like basically weeks before the event, just envision how you want the day to go. Imagine yourself in the moment and everything going perfectly according to plan. And by envisioning that and having that exercise going into the day of, the day of felt so much smoother and anything that was a small hiccup was nothing insurmountable. Um, so I, I really loved that advice too. That's good advice. And I suppose too, like thing, bad things are going to happen on the day. That's just, you know, and you, you just roll with it and accept it for what it is and not let yourself get too tied up in those small details. Mm -hmm. As you said, you were happy to get married in a swamp if that's <laughs> what it meant. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you're marrying your partner. Totally. So there's no, there's no point. And just to think about what actually it truly means, um, and what you're actually doing it and why, um, rather than. You know, we, we had a bride that um, we interviewed not long ago who left her dress. She got to the airport, she was oh, flying God, out yeah. um, oh, and she left geez. her dress at her apartment and she was just the most positive person. Oh, <laughs> wasn't she? She's like, She's oh, like it was fine. Yeah, like, whatever. Yeah. I could imagine anyone else would she freak out. And 
Yeah, she went back to got it and for, forgot the keys to the apartment. Yeah, it was just a disaster. <laughs> like it was a, it was oh, a dumpster so, fire. But and guess the, what? She got married. And all these people who had, had, had these day. horrible things that we've interviewed happened to their wedding, um, you know, have just said it's been the most amazing. Yeah. It wasn't, you know. Totally. These deal. things happen. And at the end of the day, your wedding yeah. day is a day. It, it's real life. It's not the movies. You don't do six takes. It's, it's yeah. a real life moment. And you know what? If your veil gets caught or, yeah, your dress doesn't arrive or, you know, they potentially play the wrong music during your, your signing mm-hmm. of your wedding certificate, it's okay. Because at the end of the day, you marry your person. And that's why we all do it in the first place. Absolutely. Exactly. And nobody, nobody knows the iterations that go into the planning of your day. So they don't know what you wanted it to be or what you thought it would be. Mm. They only know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Probably love it. Totally. Absolutely. Now, Kira, just as we finish off every interview, what is your one piece of advice that you can give couples planning at the moment, um, their wedding? I think the biggest thing is to be really thoughtful about who you have surrounding you in your tight knit circle before you walk down the aisle. Um, I think I had an amazing group of people, but towards the end, I had a little bit more movement probably than I would have. I I would have loved a little bit more alone time before I walked down. Mm -hmm. I think the vibe is so important. And instead of feeling like you have to be on or performing before you walk down the aisle and making everybody else happy, having that like, soft safe space where you don't have to have like the right thing to say would probably be really helpful yeah Yeah. amazing well Kira thank you so much for joining us on the you and me podcast congratulations on your wedding um it's still so fresh and I was just before the interview creeping through your photos because that's what we do um (laughs) and so you had this incredible honeymoon as well so what a what a gorgeous few months you guys have been able to have and you know what I think we all kind of need some positive stories after the last couple of years so it was beautiful to chat to you and thank you so much no thank you so much for having me it was such a pleasure Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.